Welcome to Houndsy, the Steal Me podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and uh, in a bit of an empty uh, podcasting house uh, this week. I only got one friend with me at the moment. Might uh, may have someone else popping later on, but uh, Logan was kind enough to swing by this afternoon. Logan, what's good, man? Uh, it's it's going, man. It's going. I'm uh, I'm here. I uh, I started a new uh, tradition of uh drinking non-alcoholic beer on the weeknights trying to be a little healthier trying to slim down a little bit so got myself went went to whole foods today got myself a nice 12 pack of uh non-alcoholic brew dog ipa so chowing down on those just took a thc gummy so vibing out a little bit so i feel good how is how is non-alcoholic beer because i feel like Uh, it depends on, on what you get i've had good and i've had had the bad uh, the best non-alcoholic beer I can ever recommend is the Heineken 0.0. Uh, huge fan. Huge fan. Tastes just like Heineken. Uh, you know, not don't get the bloatedness. Don't get the the drunkenness. Uh, Athletic Brewing Company is another one that makes uh, – they make more like IPAs and things like that. Um, they, they make very, very good beer as well. So uh, once you dip your toe in, you'll find that uh, there's a lot more options than you thought. Yeah, it's been a bit, bit of, a, of a trendy thing because I feel like there was only O'Doul's there for the longest time. <laughs> I've never had an O'Doul's, but I don't know. Yeah, I've had I've had Lagunitas. They make they make uh, NA beer. Dogfish makes NA beer. So I've yeah. seen that 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 uh, I've seen the Brewdog one in that Athletic whatever. I've, I've heard about them, but I haven't actually seen anyone uh, with a with a pint of it in their hand. But maybe one of these days I'll I'll. Now turn that page and try non-alcoholic beer, but um, today is not that day. I, <laughs> I'm sipping on a human right now. Oh yeah, yeah, man. So, um, David mentioned the Hounds yet? We're we're a little over two minutes into it. Hounds this past week host uh, Detroit. Yeah, we said Brew Dog. I mean, hey, that counts. Yeah, that's true. That does count. Made our uh, dog quota. Da, 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 da. Uh, Hounds. Draw with Detroit 1-1 at home. Game that had a, a lot of buildup for uh, multiple reasons. On pitch, off pitch, uh, the first team we've the Hounds have seen uh, twice this year. And uh, I guess to me, I'll just I'll lead off the the top line item to me was the Hounds once again being being the the better team, especially in the second half. But but solidly throughout the entire game, they were they were on the front foot and. Couldn't do enough to to get all three points, and it's um, becoming a, a bit of a trend, shall we say? A bit, a bit of a of a trend. Unfortunately, um, I think that we had this conversation a few weeks back, but when the I when the trend the was starting, gonna, when the trend was starting, yeah, I think the goals are going to come. I mean, I think that they need that good old. Uh, I mean, if we go back and look at 2019, I think that they were in a pretty similar run of form going into June and. Went down to Kennesaw, beat the shit out of Atlanta too. Was that five one six one? That was a turnaround. That, that was, season that was, was a it, turnaround. Was it five game. nothing? I can't remember. I always, whenever I, I bring this up, I always I'm get the score. Fairly certain they popped in six. All right, um, and then you know that it was it was all systems go from the rest of the season. So they need that moment. They're still searching for it. Uh, got a couple couple good games coming up. I mean, obviously they have, you know have a really 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 bad Charleston team on the weekend. Uh, I haven't done really much research about RGV, but uh, I imagine they're not exactly lighting up the western half of the league. So, uh, two two good games um, before you come back and, and face you know a perennial powerhouse with the Rowdies. So, 
uh, two, you know, a couple of good weeks here to kind of, I don't want to say turn it around because they're not really, uh, we're not really going in a downward path where we need to turn it around. I would say just uh, accelerate. <laughs> well, it's a lot of, it's a lot of treading water because every week and you're seeing the big upset, at least in the East um, this past week, Tampa, uh, which was having all these flight difficulties end up being Louisville, which was a bit of a shock. And then just the other last night, uh, Birmingham uh, uh, does does shit on the Memphis and, and pops one in the in the 90th minute to, to steal a point on a to steal three points in a uh, a drenched field down in uh, in Birmingham. So a lot of surprise results. So no one's pulling, especially if you're in in the and we're probably jumping ahead here, but if you're in the if you're in the playoff hunt. Uh, it's really congested, and then the the bottom four teams. There's now seven points separating the bottom four teams of the East from everyone else. And one of those four teams is Charleston, which is again coming up, coming up this weekend. But even with dropping a game here and there, and taking one point instead of three, the Hounds are, are still basically staying in in that third fourth position, just because all the teams around them are, are splitting points here and there. Absolutely. Now, some of my takeaways from from this Detroit um, one Steinwasher for Detroit had a game. Um, mentioned this last week. He's one of, one of their three players that they have that has to stay healthy, has to perform at a high level uh, if they if Detroit wants to hold on. Uh, and he he stepped up this game. Uh, did you know? Were you were you around when? When Seth was was giving him absolute shit towards the end of uh, end of that game, <laughs> I'm sure sure I was around somewhere. Oh, um, he was laying into him. It was amazing. Yeah, and then Steinwash he turned around and he was laughing it off. And then... I, I I was say I did see him. I did see him turn around at, at some point to laugh. Uh, I didn't, you know, as the game went on. Because I think he he turned around and did some sort of something after Detroit scored, which in the moment you know it's like oh you know whatever uh, gets you a little heated. But I, I think I left the game actually kind of having a appreciation for him because I really do enjoy keepers that kind of know the moment. And I feel like after you know the shit went back and forth, you know after the game, you know he did kind of walk the the baseline with the the clap. As in, like you know, good good jabs tonight. I appreciated our back and forth, which I really appreciate. Um, I know you know Evan Loro in the past has done that with us, so I kind of uh, at the end of the end of the night appreciated it. It was enjoyable. It's, it's been the first time in a while that someone has really dug in on a keeper, and yes, yeah, Seth was. I mean, he was like straight up motherfucking the guy a couple times. It was great. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Uh, so yeah, he's one of the three guys that that has to stay healthy. Um, another one of those guys. Uh, is Hopano, and he was not in the. Oh, you can't even say he was. He wasn't in the eighteen. He was in the the what the, the fifteen, because <laughs> because Detroit had four guys on the on the bench, and um, I mean I I know the 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 Detroit uh, Twitter sphere kind of got on us because we we pointed out the fact they only had three outfield players on the bench. And then they get a draw of it, but I mean, that's something that's not going to be. There, there's no way that's going to be sustainable. I mean, Hopano was out on. Uh, it's the team put out later that it, he was starting his paternity leave, so I don't know. He might be out more than one game. I don't know. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, when you're the last the last couple of games, they've had uh, like a six person bench, a five person bench. This week was a this past week was a four person bench. It's hard to see that as being something sustainable. Um, you know, we're in game what thirteen of of thirty what thirty six. 34. So, yeah, I don't know how long that – eventually that's that's going to catch up to him. Um, but that's, you know, another thing that stuck out for me from that game. Uh, the Hounds getting getting plenty of quality shots on there. I know Mongols kind of went down this path uh, on their show this week that the XG for the Hounds this week, uh, according to the game flow, was the XG of uh, 2.27. Um they heard the Detroit's .47, which is, again, one of those head-scratchers. Um, but, again, it, the the good part of it being the Hounds have been controlling large portions of the game. Um, it just it, – you're thinking eventually those goals have to be going in, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think we're, we're, we're a game or two out from, from the breakout game. And it's it's – you know, encouraging to see the amount of chances that they are creating. Um, and it's there. It's just uh need to put the, the ball in the back of the net. But I think it's a matter of time before the dam breaks open. Yeah, just for comparison, just because, as we mentioned, the Hounds are a bit on a, on a downward trend. Here is Here are the last handful of games for the Hounds. And I will give you what their XG was in that game and how many goals they actually scored. So this past week, their XG was 2.27, and they scored once. Last week uh, at uh, Ricardo Silver Stadium, there was an XG of 3.25, and they scored two. Before that was the kind of the not kind of a sneaker, the absolute uh, no show at uh, at Tampa. Uh, they actually outperformed their XG. They scored one with an XG of 0.84. Go back to their home win against El Paso. They score one with an XG of 2.45. They beat Birmingham 1-0 with an XG of 2.17. Then that really ugly Louisville game where they had an XG of less than a half. Um, And then, really, you have to go all the way back to the 4-0 tit-peeling of uh, of Atlanta where they really outperformed their XG, uh, scoring four times for an XG of uh, 2.3. So in the last handful of games, it's it's just uh, the results not matching the what the underlying numbers say this team should be doing. So you could take it to me. You could take it one of two ways. One, this team is is due for um, a progression to uh, to find uh, level water, or the team is just in a funk and and they're they're not clinical enough in finishing, which is weird for a Lily team because last year they led the league in in conversion rate. So how are you, how do you read that? Is this a team that's just, it's due or a team that is just not good at finishing right now or both? I think it's a team. I think it's a team that's due. I think, uh, this might be a side, a side conversation, but I I think XG, I don't think you can really put any sort of, uh, statistical backing on it. It, it, it really measures, you know, the likelihood from where you take your shots and, you know, based on the likelihood of, of the rest of, you know, the USL, you know, how many people make the shot from there, things like that, accuracy. So if, you know, if you're playing, you know, if you're absolutely dominating the game and you, you know, give up a ball, you know, against the run of play, they take it down on a breakaway, 
and they hit the post, your opponent's going to have, you know, pretty close up to, to one expected goals. Um, so that's what I don't, you know, I, I don't think that it's really reflective of a team's overall performance. Um, I think it's good for certain things, but um, you can glean a little bit, you know, from from looking at their expected goals against what they actually put in. But I wouldn't wouldn't exactly burn the burn the house down. Um, I think the goals the goals are coming. We've seen it. Um, they're incredibly incredibly dangerous, um, especially this weekend in Detroit. I mean, they had a a couple slip plays. I mean, even the the goal they scored on was a beautiful beautiful little uh, little slip play right behind the defender to Dequan with the poke. Cicerone got got the offside call, and then um, you know I think we're gonna we're gonna come and talk about the the corner kick here. Um, but yeah, don't worry, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, XG <laughs> is not the best stat if you're trying to look at at a single game, which is why I was trying to kind of throw you know five or six games in there to to look at the trend. Because yeah, I mean, looking at single game XG isn't it could be a bit frustrating at times. Um, it doesn't tell a whole story, but it's it is a a, a little bit worrying that they're just they're they're not putting some of these chances in. And that will lead me to someone I want to talk about. And I don't think we've, he's gotten a lot of discussion on, on Houndsy so far, but uh, Luis Argudo, uh, a beautiful setup for the Cicerone half breakaway that Steinwasher does a great job to save. Uh, the beautiful assist on, on Dequa's goal. And then a little bit later, uh, gets the ball on the, on the top of the six. And and skies a thing over. He he pulls a Herzog for for lack of a better phrase. Uh, so Luis Argudo, what what? How do you how do you rate him at this point? I always really liked him, and I thought the the biggest kind of credit to him was he was able to come in, came in late. Um, I think he was you know got all of his paperwork like the second or third game of the season, and he immediately started the next week, which showed you the trust Bob had in him and how quickly he was able to learn the system and learn the team. And um, I think that, you know, we ragged on a little bit early in the season for, I think it was Tulsa. He was kind of caught walking around, um, but he has showed some absolute strokes of brilliance and him and, and Griffin both in the midfield have been uh, absolutely incredible in, in distribution this year and, and playing balls in. Um, and I think it's a, a huge, huge add to that, that midfield that has been the, uh, kind of the double pivots of Kenny Forbes and Danny Griffin. And then it's been, you know, last couple of years, you know, playing three midfielders and, you know, is it going to be Robbie Mertz? Is it going to be Anthony Villarda? You know, you had a, a couple different options of who was going to be that third guy. Um, but, you know, now, now you, you have uh, such a, a solid option uh, going with, you know, compliment Kenny and Danny with Luis Hargudo. I think he's a, a huge ad for the club. You are. That's a little more positive on him than I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but some of these, some of these have to go in at some point, right? Yeah, but it's not on him though, right? I mean, he's 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 doing a fine job with the the distribution. He no, the distribution's great, but I mean, if he's getting that far up, he's he's he's, he's getting the ball in space, six yards from from net. It, it it has to be on frame, and by on frame, I mean not off the woodwork, which he's done that a couple of times. Like it uh, that. That's why he's a midfielder and not a, not a striker. I mean, he, he like we, he's we talked about before we recorded. He, he's getting uh, up there. You're a professional. You're six yards out. Get on yeah. frame. Oh, I, I can't argue with but you. The, but the distribution is first time the distribution's year. nice. They're either, either. I mean, maybe that's why we don't see him every week. Maybe Bob is also frustrated with his his finishing ability. So Bro, we don't see anyone every week. We're very. I mean, yeah, what, 
Outside what of, happened to Robbie Dambrot? I'm glad that I saw him on Saturday and he's still living. I was getting kind of worried about so him. So we do have we have proof of, of proof of life for, of life. for yeah. Robbie yeah, Dambrot? Rob, Rob, yeah, Robbie was there on Saturday. Remember the first couple weeks of the show when I was concerned how, I learned how to really make sure I, I put the R on the right syllable of his name and then he wasn't seen for a month after that? Yeah, Good and times. now I'm not even sure if, if he still plays professional soccer. Good times. Speaking of, of guys not getting minutes, I just had the go back and check again uh dang kelly six goals really quickly to start off the season and hasn't put one in the back of the net in a couple months now this is following uh at louisville where he didn't start at tampa where he didn't start and now a, a fairly big game home against detroit doesn't doesn't get a start i concerning uh no I don't think when they, you know, going into the season when they had five forwards and we were all like, oh, what are they going to do all these forwards? Uh, I think he was always meant to be, um, you know, I'll say his age. Um, what is he, like 32, 33? Can't be that old um, in the grand scheme of things. Uh, for USL soccer, pretty old. So I think it's just his, uh, just his age. I think Bob just prefers – uh, I don't think he can, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how many 90 minutes games week after week he has in him. So I think Bob just prefers to use him as a, a sub off the bench in the last 20, 30 minutes of games, which has worked. Um, you know, he had a, had a brace coming off the bench. Was that mm, Atlanta, maybe? Whatever. Uh, no, it was uh, Loudon. Talsa? I don't know. Talsa, Loudon. I think Loudon didn't. He had the two goals in like the, like the second half mm. in the home game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's worked well so far. I would like to see him a little more because like you said, he does put the ball in the back of the net, which they kind of needed. Um, and I felt like when they brought him on against Detroit, it was a bit, little bit too little too late. And, uh, it was tough for him to really get any sort of, uh, you know, rhythm in the game. Um, and you know, the hounds did keep pressure on and, and had a couple of nice chances in the second half, but nothing came to fruition. All right. So I'll, but let me phrase the question this way. The hounds are in a, let's just say it's a must win game. Maybe elimination game or, or whatever. Uh, th- is Dane Kelly going to start for you? Or is he coming off the nah, bench? For me or for Bob? For, uh, am I an, both, answer both am questions. I saying, for you and for Bob. For Bob, no. I think he goes with Albert Dequa. I think he likes Dequa's. Th- he thinks he has Dequa. Likes Dequa's upside. Uh, he's probably going to get the start for me. Just the experience has the ability to put the ball in the net. Um, so I think he, you know, he can, can create and uh, I think he works really, really well with, with Alex Dixon. So I think that he gets the start for me. But for Bob, I'm going to say no, uh, just because I think that, that Bob really, really likes Albert Dequa. Now, the, the other talking point from this game, and I'm anyone who, who knows me, I'm not a huge uh, uh, shit on, on the officiating type of guy, but that was a goal. Yeah, it was brutal. That was that a goal. Was, that was pretty brutal. I mean, there, there's no way around it. Um, Two guys going up for a ball. Uh, this idea that the keeper gets some some extra like halo of protection around him is is ridiculous. Uh, you know, he Steinwasher second to the ball, jumping up at an angle, not even jumping straight up, but jumping up at an angle, and then basically just just bounces off and and falls down and somehow gets a whistle out of it. And from my angle during the game from, you know, I'm trying to basically watch. I'm, I'm pretty low in the section on Saturday. Uh, so I was where that was. I was basically trying to look from underneath the the goal on our side's crossbar, looking underneath that to see what's going on on the far side. 
And I, I can't tell, is it offside? Is it what it was? And So I don't think anything much of it during the game. And then whew, you see the replay and you go, ooh, that doesn't look great. But still the angle, the game-wide camera doesn't doesn't tell that grave a story from it because there's a lot of bodies in the way. And then mm. you see the uh, Pompiani's angle from the from the, the boxes, the sweet boxes, and you go, oh, that's, that's pretty horrid. That's a bad one. I just, I don't understand. Obviously, understand. You know, VAR is out of the question for USL. It's just uh, the budgetary. All that is stuff. it? Is, is it? Well, having a full time dedicated, as it sits in the Premier League MLS, where it's actually a guy sitting there, you call him during the game, sitting. I think that's out of the question. Which I don't think it's out of the question. And I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure if every every college game they use this, but I know when I went and saw Pitt play the ACC championship. I know they did have kind of like the old early 2000s NFL, like the ref just gets a chance to look at it a couple of times, um, which I, I can imagine is probably less of a capital spend than actually dedicating yourself to VAR um, and having a, a full time, you know, far VAR official on every but, game. But here's, I mean, I didn't mean to go down this path, but, but fuck it, let's do it. They have, they already have the central room in, in Tampa where they're producing all these games anyways. Like that but part of it's already done. But for VAR, though, I don't think it's like baseball or hockey where it's a war room. I think isn't there's like there's like the fifth official, so you would need to hire one extra official for every single game and have the equipment for every single game running at the same exact time. I don't think it's like a war room situation. No, but that's the USL a couple, a couple leagues own. are going that way. I believe I believe the Premier League went went to that direction. And that's that's how it's always been the. Pre- but like, um, um, just like yeah, they show you like the three guys sitting at the screen. You could choose to do but, that. Yeah, you have to do the. I, again, if you want to be pro var, is is there something inherently wrong with doing the war room situation and having having a handful of of retired officials or or guys on the on you know coming up uh, just monitoring a bunch of of games at once, depending on how many games are taking place at one time, as, and oppo- I think as the- opposed to to having a dedicated crew watching every game. I mean, I think the the more economical answer is definitely definitely the war room situation, which I think for the USL would work out. But the thing that you kind of get the farther and farther you get down this argument, you get down this rabbit hole, is it, there's you know we've seen trash officiating all year on the field. Who just who says even if you show a fifth official that that play last night or not last night last game. It, who says that he overturns it, even though it's 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 you know clear and obvious it was a, a mistake, um, just because the, the officiating crew the USL is just so so poor and so bad. Who, you know, I'm not even sure if you actually showed them the you know the accuracy rate if they actually would overturn calls. Um, so uh, disappointed in that. Um, obviously, you know that's that's fantasy land. You know what you can complain about is the the center you know head official making a, a very, very poor call. And it's calling back a goal, right? It's not like you, you missed like a, a deflection and you know, called a corner kick instead of a goal kick. I mean, you changed three you, – you, you took two points away from the team. I mean, and he did – there was no hesitation. Like as soon as he saw it, he blew it dead. Uh, and, you know, we've seen – and I've seen it happen a couple times, you know, with the headsets with the four of them talking in the same earpiece. You know, they've actually – actually, if you know, used their AR and, you know, confronted, you know – you know, what did you see? And they actually have called it back and made the right call without far. Um, the hounds have been victim of yellow cards. I think wasn't uh, Dane Kelly's red card. Wasn't it like elevated because of the fourth official? 
Um, yeah, that was yeah. Ago. He was that was originally going to be a, yeah be a, a ca- the the Louisville game. It was going to be a caution. So, I think he got talked into making it a making it a red. So it would have been nice to see that you know obviously it was two people that were on top of the cult were failed to to make any sort of correct call, uh, which is just kind of incredibly disappointing that you know but it's we, it's we, i mean you have to accept even if, if some version of var came in it you're, you're still not going to be at 100 percent hit rate absolutely not no I, that's like i said but I, if you can if you could if you worse. could if you could correct the mo- the most egregious of calls even if maybe this this what happened this past week doesn't fall in that category and if it's something like NFL football is adopted, like all scoring plays are reviewed, like just a very, very quick look in, in a war room situation, you know, down in Florida at oh, like, oh, we just got a goal. Let's take a look real quick. Like, yep, good goal. Let's keep playing, you know, just no, very quick. Go- I think back to I think back to so last year or year before where that the Hounds had that crossbar and down that you could see on replay was in. Uh, that, yeah, that was 2020 against Indy. That was yeah. on the passion I mean, in like the last minute. That, yeah, yeah I mean, that was another one. Yeah, the, that the one. full ball was in the net. Um, that's just something super easy that can be kind yeah. of overturned very quickly on video. And yeah. we have the video equipment, right? Like, you know, it, the game is being streamed, so it's not like it's a that's problem. The, and all the, and all, they already have the technology where it's all being filtered through, you know, one, one uh, not necessarily studio, but one, um, one production office. So, I mean, that part. Do of, you think... Here's a here's a good question. Do you think they're purposely not doing it? Because if you look at the Premier League, and I know people will laugh at this statement, best refs in the world, MLS best refs in North America, best refs from pro. When you get to the USL, they're obviously the second group of the best American, you know, pro referees. Do you think that the USL kind of understands the ref situation? And maybe thinks putting in VAR will extrapolate kind of the the view of their their refs are actually poor and poorly trained, um, and they actually don't want to kind of open that can of worms, so they're fine just kind of letting uh, mistakes be mistakes. Po- um, possibly know, it, it wouldn't look wouldn't look good for the league if if you you have VAR and then you're getting goals overturned left to right. Um, you know, it makes kind of makes you think about the competitiveness of the game the last couple of years. It's like, wow, we we may. Have, have a problem, but I would hands, I but. would still as someone who's who's been watching this this league for a good amount of time, the officiating has still gone leaps and bounds forward the last few years. I'm this year might actually be a little bit of a step back, but man, I go back to 2015, 2014. They're still miles ahead of where it was then. So it's it's trending in the right way. You'd have to have the investment to pay pay the. One a little more inf- infrastructure for VAR, and then pay f- um, to operate it and have the officials watching it. But if 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 you're also going down this path of we want to train guys to get them further up the ladder, which includes up to the first division, and then guys who who are girls, ladies who are going to uh, work VAR in international competition, you you could still look at as this is the first step on that run as well, like you do for any other uh, officiating position. So Absolutely, and you, th- you think a kick in the butt would have been the Miami thing, right? I mean, they that that was a terrible look. That was picked up by so many. That was like it was on ESPN. I mean, it was picked up by so many news outlets that you think like you know if if you're Edwards, you have some sort of like mm, maybe need to clean up the officiating situation a little bit. That was a little bit atrocious, um, and it seems like they're just kind of like each week like best of luck, you know. But then again, uh, I mean, I guess this just is another side conversation. 
Um, you know, I think it was, was it you that posted like the article about like, we got, uh, numbers on like ref pay per game. Yeah. And like a headlines make or not. Yeah. Head, uh, head referee center referee makes like 580 bucks a game. Something like that. Um, maybe even less, maybe it was something, less than that. something in that neighborhood. Um, and it's, if you're not, you know, you know, that's not a lot. <laughs> it's a lot less than you would, would think, especially to have the entire game with all these guys getting paid money. Um, and everybody, you know, there's people betting on it and everything. That's not a lot to incentivize you to, uh, you know, um, be, be at, at your best. That can, that, that kind of gives into, uh, who gives a shit who wins the game territory. Cause I'm making, you know, basically, <laughs> and this, you know, as the economy goes up, uh, really not a lot of money to have a lot of responsibility. Well, they're, they're, they're fine for a, for a CBA. So who knows? That might help. That'll make fix next year anyways. But, and I'll close it on this in terms of because who I, who saw this little pathway happening today? Uh, I, if there was any any real interest in going down the VAR path on in ML era and USL, I'd be curious if once the two teams are out, if that changes anything. Because I could see them I could see that see them uh, even though there's there's not many of them left. Uh, I could see them. Uh, being not interested in, in that investment for for what is basically developmental for them. So who knows? Um, True. Oh, that. You want to go down the? Well, no, we'll save that. I was going to say, you remember the Loudon thing that came out this past week? Mm, okay, we'll, so. well, let's get through the rest of this, and maybe we'll bring that up to paint on. If not, we'll save it for a rainy day. Oh, is this the Loudon's gonna like? Is like they're gonna do a whole other two team and Loudon's like May just yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 oh, yeah yeah I got you we, right. we'll, yeah we can save it right we'll save it, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll save save it. it. Uh, so Detroit uh, besides the the on field happenings there was also the the off field happenings or almost kind of non happenings uh, Detroit brought uh, I mean I'm, I'll say it was in the the neighborhood of forty ish people look like uh, there which is the most we've seen come to Highmark in, in quite some time. Uh, a couple of them came over to our tailgate. Uh, kind of mixed feelings on that. Uh, but nothing nothing really huge broke out in terms of of uh, confrontation of any of any kind. How, what was your take on on all things Detroit fans coming to Highmark? Um, yeah, definitely mild. Um, you know, they, as we said, they're they're a lot of bark and, and no bite. And they, you know, I don't know who the player was tweeted like sounds like a home game or something like that afterwards. And I, one Detroit fan could have showed up and he was going to tweet that. That's just kind of how, how that goes. But I didn't hear him all night long. Um, didn't hear one thing they said the entire night. Um, well, okay, let me throw. I know people are going to be disappointed with this statement, but let let's throw it out there. For the most part, because the stands aren't connected and the sound, there's not much to hold that sound in. From one section over to the other, it's really hard to hear what the air section's doing. Like you can hear there's noise, but in terms of actual words or anything like that, I, if you ever leave our section and go, you know, over to the grandstand and, and listen for a little bit, you hear noise, but you can't tell exactly what what we're saying or chanting for the most part. Same thing from where we're at trying to hear the air session like it's not it's not the best venue for keeping sound in 
So do you think if you're on the on the field that you you know you actually if you were a Detroit person, if Detroit player, you actually left there truly thinking that your fans made more more noise than our fans? I, I and you're trying to be honest. I I mean I have my doubts. <laughs> it just I don't know. It just seems like. It but was remember, another... they're also that's also behind not directly behind their bench, but where their subs are warming up and all that stuff is right there. So it's you know they're they're kind of situated in that corner, which would help True. with it. But. True, and then I, I still need to have a conversation about this. I just want to have a friendly conversation about this with them, where they do like the the welcome to hell, like they did all that shit when you're up there, March, and then the bending over the glass thing, where it was like welcome to hell. You know, we can get in your heads. Oh, this is the I, the, the, I, the authentic is, key worth experience or some some bullshit. Yeah, I just I want to know from them what like what's hell. Like what are you? What could you possibly say to this man that's gonna like rattle him? Like what are you gonna say? Fuck off! Fuck you! Like what? What are you like? Just repeatedly yelling "fuck" at him is not gonna like. I don't understand in their mind how leaning over and you know throwing expletives at him is gonna like anyway scare him or rattle him or something like that. And then you know Kenny put an absolutely beautiful ball in the box. It went wide, and then NGS was like, "It didn't go in, didn't it?" <laughs> so. I mean, I don't know. I kind of want to. I just need to know, like the the welcome to hell. I don't understand that at all. Like, I mean, it's just it's just good old fashioned sports shithousery. I don't understand it. Hey, they do a good job of framing the argument in their favor, and they that's it's actually their best skill. But alas, but yeah, not uh, not uh, yeah, nothing got got crazy out of hand. Um, Although we need the, I guess next time we're at the stadium, we'll have to see if they stickered up that whole section, um, like I'm thinking they would. I haven't seen any pictures. You, you know, Jesse would post a picture of finding like a sticker on a beam. I haven't seen that yet, but it's probably worth uh, uh, taking a look at next time we're we're at Highmark. Well, that's going to be a couple weeks from now because they're on the road for the next two weeks. Oh, good segue! Look at you. I know. I'm starting to figure this out. Yeah. And uh, that those first of those two weeks, uh, it's an old guard week. Hounds are going down to uh, the Charleston Battery. Da 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 da. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hounds down to Charleston. I'm excited uh, for on old guard purposes because for the last few years it's always been uh, Charleston coming to Pittsburgh first, and so then the second leg of, of of this was down there, and this year the second leg will be up here, which I find in a in a very nerdy way uh, exciting, but. Charleston, one of those four teams that have dropped off from the from the other, uh, what, nine, no, 15, eight teams? Eight, eight or nine teams, whatever. Yeah, nine. So there's nine teams and then a seven-point gap, and then uh, all the two teams plus the Charleston Battery uh, sitting in the basement, basement of the East on five points, one win, and two draws. Uh, so the the Connor Casey era in in Charleston is not off to a, a swimming start. Um, it's looked fairly haphazard. Their win was the first day of the season against Tulsa. Since then, they uh, their their probably their most notable uh, result is a one one draw with Louisville, which is not bad. And then their other draw, I guess I think Loudon they drew with uh, Loudon, but I mean they they. Shelled, uh, shipped off four goals to the Hotlanta, and it's been 
pretty pretty ugly ever since. Um, and basically the only notable, because again, new coach, a lot of turnover. Uh, notable former hound is someone who, if he's not their captain per se, he's wearing the armband a lot, uh, Preston Kilwine. Maybe not the best sign when your, your big offseason signing and captain is a guy that didn't have his option picked up by another team. <laughs> is that is that a little mean? I don't. I didn't mean. Yeah. I, I liked him. I was fine with. Preston. I thought he was a good guy. Yeah, I mean his play was. I, I don't think he let the one on fire. I didn't have anything wrong with his play. But were you surprised when he, when, uh, when his option wasn't picked up? I I kind of was because he was a, a big bodied defender. Kind of his frame really fit what what Bob wanted. And like I said, I don't think he played really all that bad. Bob didn't really give him much of a chance. I feel like he he started like one in every four games last year. Um, but yeah, he he was one of the ones that I kind of looked back and was like, hmm, I wish we would have kept. But um, you know, we, defenders are a dime a dozen here, I guess. I don't know. It, it, maybe he's back on the market. You know, Charles is not going anywhere. He's a we guy have that, received some insider information. We will not divulge our sources or our insider information. So where uh, Preston Kilwine may come to a uh, to a team in the Eastern Conference that wears black and gold. Um, this, like I this said, is, we will not. This, this is, is top secret news. <laughs> this is based purely on on people following other people on Twitter. That, that is the, the extent of our inside knowledge. <laughs> yes. So all if we he can shows say is up at, when Preston, when we found out Kilwine was coming to the Hounds last year, it was because uh, suddenly his dad started following all of the Steel Army accounts. You know, about two weeks before they they announced the signing. So now yeah. they're back on their Twitter follow game. Yeah. So. All of a sudden, some follow, followers are back. Uh, but yeah, uh, if Preston comes back, I would, I'd love to have him back actually, uh, welcome with open arms. Um, but yeah, hopefully the boys can go down. Patriots point has not exactly been a threatening place to play at all this year. So, so nice to, word on the street uh, is that place has not sit seat 5,000 yet. Uh, didn't they have problems with the stands earlier? Did they? I don't remember that part, but I remember there was a conversation the about storm that came through a couple weeks ago, the big, big Nor'easter that came through. I want to say damaged the grandstand and they weren't allowed to sit in the grandstand for a game. And now if you watch a game, it is like a gray, like aluminum, like normal stands. And then it like switches in the middle part to like black stands. And then it goes back to like the gray stands on the other side, which maybe that was there before. Maybe that was a, the new rebuild for the, uh, the storm, but yeah, they definitely have had some seating issues this year. Hmm. So, yeah. So maybe doesn't seat five thousand price them. They have to something off the the fix uh, at some point, anyways. But yeah, is that the cutoff for a championship? Yeah, it needs to be because the Hounds had to get up to five thousand. That's why they expanded out our section and put the the the, the Riverside Death seats got put in. Was all to, to get the five thousand. <laughs> I, apparently, when they had to get to five thousand, they were even counting the um, the bar stools and the, oh, the and the picnic tables as, as seating. Oh yeah, they were doing whatever they could throw, to uh, to get there. Throw, throw a couple throw a couple lawn chairs uh, in the concourse. Jesus, that's pretty insane. I was waiting for them to put some some bleachers on top of the on top of the building and, and call it a day. <laughs> Wrigleyville, whatever they call it, they call it uh, the apartment buildings in Wrigley. I can't think of what they call them. Ugh. I'm just I'm just looking through there. So they're 
Their top goal scorer is Augustine Williams. He has four goals, uh, three from open play, one from a penalty. And then it goes uh, two goals, two goals. one. So they've had, in league play, they have had five people score so far, including their goalie. Kuzminski put one in uh, a week or two ago. Oh, yeah, that was that was to draw loud and at the buzzer, yeah. Yeah, so um, they, they've had four outfield players score goals so far this year. Probably not the best. No, no, not very good. Probably not the best. Uh, shots on... Shots on target, they are sitting 24th out of 26 teams. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. Just, I'm scanning some of these stats. It's, I mean, anything offensive, they're 20th and lower, and basically anything you would give a damn about. So, yeah, uh, as far as a two-game road swing, uh, at at Charleston Battery and then at RGV, uh, Four points is the absolute minimum, right? And probably needs to be six. Yeah. Is this yeah, is this is this as much as something could be like that in the first fifteen games of the year? Is this must win? No, I hate I hate that word. I absolutely hate that word. Must must win is you need you need three your two points down the table. It's one game to go. You need three. And you need to get it. That's a must win. So this is not uh, must win. Using use, using must win as a theoretical term is 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 bullshit to me. Uh, I, I, I do not like that. Um, no, it's oh, June. They, they can lose. They, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I believe it's all going to wash itself out where, you know, people say must win big game, you know, you can lose that and, and, you know, pick up, you know, points along the way to a team you didn't think you're going to beat or vice versa. You can win the big game and then drop points against a team that, you know, could have been a win, um, you know, so. I think that it's all you know. It all kind of equals out at the end of the day. So, all right, let me let, let me let me rephrase must win. If the Hounds don't get three points on Saturday, are you starting to look for try to figure out where you stored the panic button from last year? Mm, no, no, uh, no. It's no, too okay. early. Too early. Too early. Just taking this whole. Potential pathway we could have gone this uh, for uh, for talking here, and you just uh, nope, we're good. No, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, can't worry. I got too much stuff in my life to worry about. Right. So last, I can't, last, can't worry last about question, because I, I went on my little Connor Casey Charleston battery rant uh, a couple weeks ago. We still do not have a uh, a coach in the league uh, get shit candy yet this year. Uh, as much as you can guess, I mean, does this guy have this job the whole year, no matter what happens? Or, or yeah, one hundred percent. They they sold out to bring him in, fired Dan Hauser. I think you have to keep him. Terrible look if you get rid of him. Give him at least two years if he can't turn it around, then get rid of him. Two whole years of, of I think yeah, I think you have to. That's, okay. You you need to give him one full cycle where he gets the chance to like recruit for the the winter. Yeah, this, they they fired Ian Hauser like like five days after the season ended. Yeah, but he still got to get up to speed. I don't know. Give him one full off season where he actually gets to end the season as the coach and start the season as the coach. Then then we can start to judge next year if they suck. All right. So he's not getting he's not getting he's not getting uh, he's not getting sacked this year. Mm, no. All right. Fair enough. I don't even say I I think even if they lose every game of the year or not, I still don't think that they fire. 
Oh no! Oh come on! They what? All right, that was that was hyperbole. But I think even if they continue to be absolutely ass cheeks, I think that they still stick with them. They have what? I mean, including the Open Cup loss at home to Tormenta, they've dropped ten game ten of the last twelve games. Oh, brutal. And now they coming up. They got home against us, down to Tampa, at Tulsa. I mean. Yeah, I legit. If they drop six games in a row, and we'll even we'll count the the draw at Loudon where Kaminsky scored as as a reset. Of that so they're they now have a lost Indy, and then let's just go six games at Pittsburgh or home against Pittsburgh at Tampa at Tulsa, and then uh, home against Hotlanta, and then at San Antonio. If they drop six in a row, including Atlanta, like you can't. It's a gots to go situation. I, I think at that point, yeah, I think I think he goes. But I, I guess I'll rephrase. It. I won't say that he stays around no matter what. I will say that he's going to be much longer than a normal coach would get. I feel um, like that's already happened. In a, a different situation. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, outside that, there's not much you can. I'm trying to, you know, what players do you follow? They're just, they're bad. They're just they so are, bad. They're terrible. Every so often, I flip on one of their games, and it's the midfield's like a, a train wreck every time. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's. Uh, we are recording this on Thursday, but we want to. We do since everyone took the the effort to put in their their Wednesday midweek. Wagers. Uh, we'll quickly recap it by saying uh, everyone, including uh, Storino and Yak and and Vesti, who gave us his picks from from Dollywood. You ever been to Dollywood? No, I'm not, I've never been to Tennessee. Okay, yeah, he's down with Dollywood doing the doing the dad stuff. Uh, he even gave us his picks, and uh, it, it, long story short, they went so bad for everyone. Uh, Storino was the only person. Was it Storino had the only one that that hit? Me. Oh, you were the only one that have it hit. And that was like one of what? One of your three? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Everybody put three units down, so that's you know. Yeah, but like th- like three separate one. You know, Storino had two different wagers. Vesti had two different wagers. Yak had three. You had three. I only had one. So out of three, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Picks. We went as a group. We went one in ten. It was a bad week. Brutal. Bad week. And what uh, yours hit was the under in uh, Miami Indy. Uh, the under two and a half. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Good times. Transitioning into uh, upcoming Steel Army news. Uh, as we talked about, big old guard shield this match uh, this week. Hounds down in Charleston. Uh, we are having we're doing our thing at Bulldog Pub. Come on out. The shield is already out there. It's up in its uh, that sweet little shelf boxing that uh, that the owner Jesse built for us. So the shield's hanging out there. We have no plans on having to move it, especially when the when the hounds pop in four goals. It's you know may not be worth bringing to the bringing to the stadium when the Charleston comes to the town because we already have this thing locked away. 
So if you are able to make it down there on Saturday, please do. 7 o'clock kickoff. Outside of that, we are trying to find interest on a bus out to Loudoun on Labor the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes if you want to register interest. We're just asking a couple questions about would you go, uh, how much would you be willing to pay for a, for a bus out and back. It'd be a, a no hotel out and back the same day type of trip. So we're seeing if we have enough interest to make that work. Uh, and then uh, this, as we talked about the last couple weeks, we're in June. Priority Razor has kicked off. Uh, Al Dequa uh, buys his beautiful little slice uh, going back to uh, back across the box, put in the first goal. And I am very happy to say that even in the first week of June, we have already got more pledges per goal than we had last year. And last year was better than what we had in 2019. So shout out yeah. to everyone on that. I, I want to try to get the... Uh, What's the latest count on uh, on that? Last year was two hundred forty dollars per goal. And We're like two seventy four now, something something along that that line. Trying to pick it up right now. We are up to no two, no, no no not two seventy four. Two two forty three. Two forty three. So we're three bucks better. It's only the first week of June. Uh, so we'll link to that as well. Get your pledge in there. See if we can get this up over. Hell, let's go like make two seventy five three hundred a goal. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. And then. Uh, if a couple USL refs don't don't uh, take those goals off the board, we can uh, we can get that number up a little bit higher right. and uh, see what we can do. And then the our our pronouns merch is up there as well. We'll put that link in the uh, in the show notes as well. That got a lot of attention when we put that out there on the uh, on the twitters. Oh got, yeah, got a whole lot of attention, and that was uh, great. Good great work trip. by shoes. Hell yeah, good Hell work yeah. by shoes. Uh, yeah, so taking this thing 50 minutes, not bad for a two-person show, going nearly an hour. Thank you, VarChat, for getting us, uh, getting us over that <laughs> Anytime I'm on, you know that we're good for a couple side quests. Uh, and when I had a question, I'm going to save it. I, had a, I was going to pull a U and have a, an absurd question ready to go, but I'll, I'll wait for uh, a show where there's a couple more people on, and we'll, we'll go down that pathway. Right. It'll be good. All right. So uh, well, before we wrap this thing up, what, uh, what are your final thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I don't have final thoughts. My brain is just a monkey playing symbols. Uh, that's what I tell people most of the time. Um, yeah, that's all, all I really have for you guys. Just beat the shit out of Charleston. Let's turn this turn this thing around. Beat the shit out of Charleston and turn this thing around. Good, good uh, episode. Turn uh, the beat episode around. Title. Turn the beat around. Yeah, Gloria Stefan in the Miami yeah. Sound Machine. Well, hell, let's take this bad boy home. Uh, we'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorek. Email the show at steelarmypgh at gmail.com and put podcasts in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Logan, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.